0: ladies and gentlemen we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the intercontinental radio news it's time for a peculiar podcast in your wildest dreams you could not imagine the marvelous surprises that await you hosted by pat cashman he had a fiery quality and on the stage and off the stage and he was gorgeous to look at And back by his side, Lisa Foster. She has tattoos, she's cool, she's dangerous. Broadcasters turned rogue podcasters. (laughs) It's a real nice surprise. They're back
1: and on demand. Just
0: press the button. See, you're on.
1: Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right.
0: (laughs) Quiet numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Woo!
1: Can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it. Yeah.
0: It's time. Up on the Up on the Okay, so I have recently taken to talking to my granddaughters. Uh, they have little uh, phones now, so we text back and forth.
1: Wait. I can't. They I have can't... smart. They have cell phones? Yeah. At what age? Uh,
0: I think uh, one was just born, and then the other one is about a year. Wow. Oh, uh huh. No, they they're you know uh, nine and and six I think something like that. It's getting Let's younger and younger,
1: it. isn't it? Yeah.
0: Now they're not genuine cell phones where they can get around and rack up a bunch of minutes, but I can exchange texts with them through. Wow. Some sort of device that they have. It's essentially a toy, but I can text. Wow. And so. Uh, for the, one of the granddaughters, she loves knock-knock jokes, and so that's what we do each night. I, I offer a new knock-knock joke, or she gives me one, uh, where I either give her the complete joke, or I will give her the setup, and then she has to come up with the answer. <laughs> and it's not that great, but this is the joke, okay? And you'll have to do the, uh, who's called, who's it, you know, who is it?
1: Okay, okay, so do I start?
0: No, I'll start. Oh,
1: I always All forget right. who starts.
0: Yeah. Well, the teller of the joke is the one that starts.
1: Oh, got it. Okay. I'm serving
0: this up, okay? I I don't even know how that works. Here we go. Knock.
1: Knock, knock. I mean, wait, who's there?
0: We'll start again. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You say who's there. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay, knock.
1: But why aren't you saying knock, knock? You're supposed to say Would you
0: please just do your job?
1: Okay, say it again. Do it again. (laughs) You're confusing me already.
0: Yeah, well, maybe that's what happened with her. Okay, here we go. Knock.
1: Who's there?
0: Opportunity.
1: Opportunity who? See,
0: no, that was the end of the joke.
1: So is that a saying that opportunity only knocks once? Yeah. I didn't know that was a saying. That's not really? a saying.
0: Sure it is.
1: I'm going to go look it up. I think it's only wrong. one of the that's
0: top probably... ten sayings of <laughs> all time. That's
1: probably why joke's so lame. That isn't a real saying. <laughs> it is, too. Somebody's knocking, should I let him in?
0: Lord, it's the devil, would you look at him? I've heard about him, but I never dreamed
1: he'd have blue eyes and blue teeth. Well, uh, this is a...
0: I didn't make this one up. Drugs are never the answer, unless the clue is narcotics, five letters. All right, let's just stop doing this. This We can record over this again, can we?
1: (laughs) No, we're not. We're leaving it. We're leaving it. Okay, say it again. I'm focused completely on the joke. Say the drugs one again.
0: No, it's not important. Anybody who cared could listen back
1: again. You don't have to be mad. Just say it again, and I'll listen more carefully. You know what's
0: making headlines? What? Corduroy pillows.
1: uh, That's funny. Now, see, that's funny. Like that one? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Did you hear about the dyslexic man who walked into a bra?
1: Har har har.
0: I can't believe you laughed that hard at that. I thought it was good for only one har. Okay. So uh here we go, here we're doing this again. You've been traveling a bit again. Is I there have. a season is there a season for this kind of thing, this traveling business?
1: I'm typically home during the winter months and then start up again in February, and uh, then I'm home in the summer months, and then I start up again in September. So
0: February is a winter month.
1: As well, would- I consider winter insurance. like between like. Thanksgiving and January. That's to me. You know what I mean? November, December, January.
0: To me, it has everything to do with the weather, and so I figure we're going to be wintered winter down here for a good long time to come mm-hmm. at least in the Northwest it's uh it's freakish this year yes and and like most people completely fed up with it am I uh, as I as I've told you and maybe listeners know I've spent a lot of time down in central Oregon this year and man it's just been snow all the time yeah I mean I forgot what the grass looks like
1: the little brown the I'm it's ready insane. for spring. I am very ready for spring. I went to the, recently went to the Pacific Northwest Flower and Garden Show. I don't know if you've ever oh, yeah. gone out to that. I used
0: to go through four times.
1: Really? You did not.
0: Oh, I you're love just,
1: it. You're mm-hmm. making that up. But gosh, that just gets you in the mood for spring and all the beautiful gardens they have on display. And uh... It's a teaser.
0: It's a teaser. Oh, it's a full yeah. teaser. Is what yeah. it is. Yeah. So did you enjoy yourself there? Did I you, what, did.
1: So I bought all this stuff, and then I, I'm all excited, and I come home, and now it's sitting in the front yard covered with snow. <laughs> yeah. so, yes. so, it's kind of a pisser.
0: Burial right remain. Well, yeah, it, no, the we, I've been to those before with my wife, and I've kind of gotten more interested in it than I was initially. Uh, it's a know, very uh,
1: cheerful place to be if you're if you if you 're upset about winter and the long gray months that is i 'll tell you mm. that 's a place to go and if you can't do that because it 's over now, just go to a- go to a local nursery because now they 've got all their stuff out and um, uh, it's, it's, it'll just cheer you up. I went to a nursery yesterday just because I was like, oh gosh, I just can't take any more gray and snow and rain. And I went to the nursery yesterday and it was so nice. And there was another lady in there too. She goes, isn't this so great? I can't wait to get outside. And I said, I know me too. So it, it, it'll help with your depression if you're if you're depressed, I'm not
0: depressed. I'm just uh, well, some resigned, people are. I guess. Yeah, I mean, and I know there's year. at least one person I know that is exactly the opposite. They love the winter. They they love and not because they're a skier or an or an Eskimo. They just love the winter mm-hmm. and they like the snow and the, the bluster blusteriness and get depressed when when the summertime comes, believe it or not. Yeah, they don't, it's too hot. I don't like it when it's too hot. Seventy <laughs> degrees is too hot. Yeah, it's too hot.
1: <laughs> do and they talk like grown, that?
0: This is a grown man saying this. Wow. It's too hot. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, but that they're definitely an outlier and not typical. So anyway, what I was getting to is this: with all this traveling that you do, uh, it becomes a matter of routine for many who do it a lot. My brother is one, for example. But now they keep changing things at the airport and now i think they've just put in some new tsa security changes
1: yeah they quietly very quietly rolled out this new um pat down procedure um and uh
0: well i'm not really that fond of that expression (laughs)
1: yeah exactly you know and apparently they're describing it as a uh, uh what they they're describing it as a more comprehensive screening um which is apparently means they're not, gonna touch, touch they're not going to touch they're not going to touch you in more places but they're going to touch you differently yeah and this but in
0: the same places mm-hmm. actually right
1: so Typically, when they are uh, patting your oh, come on. Uh, private areas, your sensitive areas, <clears throat> they use the backs of their hands as though that is somehow <laughs> supposed to be different. I don't know. And now That would probably be
0: better, wouldn't it? I mean, I, it's harder to make your hands work backwards, at least mine.
1: I don't know. Touching That's, is touching to me. I mean, I try don't... Try
0: playing the piano in that fashion how melodic it is
1: well and that's
0: or the harpsichord or the uh, the clavichord well
1: that's true well now apparently they can manipulate me because they will now be oh boy they will be using the backs of their hands for pat downs that really wounds over sensitive areas of the body but in limited cases they're apparently going to say well we need additional screening that involves patting down (sighs) with the front of our hand just, mm-hmm. just to make sure that there's no threat there yeah. in your, yeah. in your sensitive areas like Bothell. So now they're gonna be using the front of their hands to just put their paws on us and mm-hmm. make sure that we don't have any bombs or guns stuffed in our pants or in yeah. our brasiers. And it's a, uh, it's people are, are are pretty upset about this uh, as you can imagine. Um, now, if
0: you were, if you decided, if you said. Uh, I'm not wearing a brassiere. Uh, Would they then say, okay, then I guess we won't pat you down there?
1: Um, I don't know. I don't know. That's. You can't. I I don't know. But, but, you know, you're, you could be hiding something under, you know, let's see how I can say this delicately. If you have the, um, uh, the assets of a 20 year old woman, you probably can't tuck anything under there. Now, when you start getting up into my age, mm-hmm. you can hide stuff under there. <laughs> <laughs> down
0: where the willow and the dogs grow. Down there by the train. Down there by the train. Down there by the train.
1: Down there by the tree down there where the train goes slow.
0: Like, what kind of things could you hide under you there? You
1: could put, well, it all depends on on how much... Um,
0: I mean, could you put how a, much
1: foldovers going on there? You could put a.
0: Could you put a typewriter under? I mean, with, uh, how, not
1: me personally, but I've okay. I've seen women that Small probably put a laptop or a gun under oh. there. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So I, um, I guess the TSA has let you know local, um, uh, you know local law enforcement know that. Listen, um, we're doing this now, so you might be getting some calls. Uh, from people who feel that they are, you know, being uh, manhandled in ways they don't like. So we're just putting you on notice that you're probably going to get an increase of, of complaints from people.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess it's, uh, I guess the initial outrage, I guess, when you're a first-time traveler, or you've done it a time or two, uh, that dissipates a- after a period of time. And now you've got one of those passes, don't you, that lets you at least, Get by some of that pat down stuff now.
1: Well, if you have right? a, I have a pre-screen TSA pre-screen status, but they can still pull you out of line anytime they want. That having a TSA pre-check status does not exempt you from being examined.
0: Yeah. Well, it's unfortunate too that TSA sounds so much like TNA.
1: hmm
0: T and A. So it's almost uh, it's almost preordained that that's what they're going to be doing. Is checking those particular yeah. places. Uh, so when you travel, I just saw an article. I think it was. Uh, it might have been in the New York Times. Not, but it probably wasn't in the New York Times. But it sounds more impressive if I say, it was in the New York Times. Right. So I'm going I'm to stick with that.
1: That's a good idea.
0: But uh, guys that travel, and not just guys, but women in the military, they they have to be taught how to pack because they have to they sometimes leave on a moment's notice they need to travel uh light and they need to pack and repack a lot especially mm-hmm. if you're you know you're overseas or you're being sent to trouble parts of the world or whatever so they uh they somebody did an article about packing a bag and checking in with these experts military type guys and women who travel a lot how do they do it cuz they have to they have to uh, be pretty efficient about it mm-hmm. and so these are some of the things that they said that maybe you probably already do or know all right uh, when you uh, they actually say you should practice packing now, I don't know who has time for that but if you're going to go it's it it's something if you do it if you travel a lot like you do you don't need to practice because you're doing it anyway
1: mm-hmm.
0: but put a put have a staging area where you pack I always find myself cramming in, in you know into onto a chair or whatever they say no put it on a bed someplace where you they, kind of like of a workstation, mm-hmm. where you can where you can stage <clears throat> the stuff and do some practicing and then this is obvious unless you you don't do it a lot is you put things in your bag that in the reverse order that you would be likely to need them
1: oh that's dumb
0: Why no would... in other words. That's in other dumb. words, you put your pajamas as the last thing you put in there because it would be the first thing you might take out or anything that would be among the first things. Actually, and, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, I spoke too soon. You're right. I always, I do. I stick this that stuff in the bottom and put my work clothes on top. And I mean, but eventually it's all coming out of the suitcase anyway, so what the heck does it matter?
0: Well, it might matter if you're only going to stay, let's say, one night in one place. Yeah. Um, you know, you might want to just put your immediate pair of underwear and a pair of socks in there and, uh, and then the next night when you're really going to stay for another week then you'd spread stuff out more it's just not a bad idea i i didn't think it was not bad at all and then be strategic about the weight this is something i'm sure you've thought of that yes. don't, don't pack your anvil even though you're learning <laughs> even though you're learning how to be a blacksmith it's still not something you need should take with you. So put lighter things in there and then distribute the things with weight conscious. Put like if when your bag is vertical, you put you put the heavier things on the right side of right. the bag and then and, and so on so that the the weight is distributed to your best advantage. <laughs> And this is something my wife learned a long time ago. Fold, roll, and tie. So, like, if, if you're doing uh, socks or underwear, you, you you roll them up. Roll your underwear up like if they're a taco or a burrito. Uh, it just makes more room available for other things.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> I suppose. All I about
0: the shape?
1: I suppose, yeah. yeah. If you're Build, you Yes. If you're trying Anything? to cram a lot into your suitcase. But my, I normally don't have to cram a whole lot in there. I have pretty much plenty. Of, as long as I have room for a couple of bottles of wine, that's all I care about. <laughs> and I do. I pack those. A bottle of white. A bottle of red. Perhaps a bottle of rosé instead.
0: Why do you pack the wine? You can pick that up on the road, can't you?
1: Well, I can, but sometimes if I'm, you know, just if I'm gonna land and then hit the ground running, you don't always have time to stop at Rite Aid for a box. So. Yeah,
0: and when you are running, you want to be able to slug back the wine <laughs> right. as you're running. The That's other true. thing is, of course, I don't suppose you would want on your uh, receipts that you're going to try to get reimbursed for. You don't want to
1: exactly. A huge of-
0: Wine, yeah, showing.
1: the IRS yeah. does not let you reimburse liquor, which is yeah. which is another conversation for a completely different time.
0: Yeah, I found that out the hard way. <laughs>
1: yeah, me too. But,
0: and then you put your bags, I mean, you put things in bags, in the bag. So like all your socks in one bag, do you do that? Like a what do you mean bag? in
1: Yeah, oh yeah, I'm... In
0: a freezing bag in, I, in yeah, a I bag have, of their own. Regardless I, of whether they're going to ask you to pull that out. When you're going through TSA, it's just easier for you to find stuff. More. I have
1: Ziploc bags full of um, dainties, Ziploc bags full of socks. Well, you've
0: already got this whole thing figured out. And
1: then I put an extra Ziploc bag inside each of those so that as I move through the week, I can put the dirty dainties into the other Ziploc bag Ah, and the dirty socks into the other Ziploc bag. So by the end of the trip, I've moved all the clean dainties and the clean socks from one bag to the other bag, and then I just bring them home and wash them.
0: And you're making my hair hurt. You <laughs> thought, this well, thought this through too well. Uh, by the way, aren't Ziploc bags, uh, although that's a brand name, but isn't aren't those bags the greatest thing that's been invented in the last 20 years?
1: No kidding. God, they are great. I know. no Papa's got a brand
0: And then finally they say, only pack what you need. Now that seems pretty (laughs) like like a no-brainer, but I know when I travel, like I've traveled recently, I brought every book that I am reading. And I've told you this before that I'm reading.
1: Papa's got a brand new bag.
0: So I bring them all. If I'm going to stay a place for a long time, because I thought, yeah, maybe I'll be in the mood to read this history book one night. And Then maybe I want to go to this this uh, biography another night. So I better bring them all. Dumb idea. Yeah. It's, you're I bring around. I bring yeah, one you,
1: book. Yeah. I bring one book. That's it. Do,
0: do you do you use actual books or are you a Kindle reader? I
1: am not a Kindle reader. I, there's something about uh, the screen that bugs me. I like I like a book. I you want wanna, to I wanna see where I'm at, I want to, I, I. and I know people make arguments that you can do all those things on a screen, but I just don't like it. I like the feel of a book. Plus, I read mostly at night before I go to sleep, and you're not supposed to have screens in front of you at bedtime, because that disrupts your sleep, so. i
0: never heard that, but yeah. You haven't?
1: Nice oh, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: I, I use the Kindle, because I read at night, too, but I'm, my wife is trying to go to sleep, and if I have one of those little, you know, those lights that clip into the book, Yeah. so you can read at night, well, that that is always. It doesn't matter if I could be in uh, three rooms away, she can still see that light.
1: <laughs> I'm the same I, way. It has to be completely dark for me to go to sleep.
0: I know that's the way she is. I mean, that we'll we'll be laying in a hotel room and we'll be going to sleep. Good night, good night, and then she goes, "Oh, that's bugging me. That's really bugging me." I'll say, "What?" That little red light mm-hmm. on the, on the yep. fire alarm. Yep, can, that can bugs you, me. Uh, unplug the fire alarm? No. Yeah. What if there's fire? Uh, it just really bugs me. So I have to get up, find a piece of tape or something yep. to tape over the little red light.
1: They so sell like- these. They sell these, and I have bought them. Uh, they're little blackout strips that you can take with you to a hotel that you can paste over <laughs> the alarm clock, the, micro ray, the microwave, the thermostat. Oh. I have to go through the whole room, and I take towels, and I put it over the clock, and I put it over the microwave. And and sometimes yeah. there's that little sliver of light, even though they have blackout curtains in the hotel. Yeah, that little that. Sliver. Here, Here, I'm going to give you a hack for that. She's going to love this. So what you do, what you want to do is you want to go to the closet. Yeah. Once you go to the closet, you take out a hanger that has little clippy things on for your pants.
0: I thought you were going to say sleep in the closet.
1: You could do that. Then you take the little clip hanger thing and you take the edges of the curtains and you overlap them, roll them a little bit, and then clip those puppies shut and there's no light that comes in.
0: You want it darker. We kill the flame. Wow. I mean, you really thought this through. Was that your own idea?
1: No, I, somebody, I read it somewhere. I don't know where. Some, some, Magnified some site that said, here's seven hacks oh, for travelers. And I that's went, oh, that's a good one. Cause I hate that little sliver of light that comes in. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing she can do, which I don't really like to do is wear a sleep mask because it smashes my eyelashes. And I don't like that feeling of my eyelashes yeah. being smashed, but Apparently, you can get little eye masks that have little cups in them, like little bras, and then your eyelashes aren't smashed.
0: Mm-hmm. Even though you might be.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what no, I'm talking said, about? Though I couldn't
0: have, I couldn't have any of that stuff on.
1: Yeah, I don't no. really like having yeah. something around my head or on my face. Well, that's why I gave up. Weird.
0: Robin Banks. I, I don't want to wear mask. <laughs>
1: it is a little. You have to get used to it. But that's another way to block the light out. That's so
0: crazy. well, then finally they say uh you know pick the right bag and 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 stay small that's the trick of the military people stay small because you gotta you're the one who's got to lug it around
1: oh no kidding man i'm tired lugging i hate lugging luggage around
0: that's why they call it luggage instead of just urge you need somebody to do that work for you anyway you
1: I don't have people never to do that see, for
0: me. You never see the president, or you never see big-time celebrities schlepping their their stuff around. Yeah, uh-huh. maybe. So, although um, one time uh, I picked up Jay Leno, the that Jay Leno at you the airport, did? and I was so impressed that he was carrying his own bag and he had his suit on in a suit bag over his shoulder. There were no, he didn't have any sycophants with him, and. Nobody helping him, and I thought, "Yeah, oh, that's kind of cool." And then I, he
1: and then he handed it to you and said, "Take care of
0: this." Yeah. <laughs> sure, <laughs> what? Boy.
1: Well, I'm impressed. I didn't know this. I know everything about you. When did you pick up Jay Leno? What for? What happened? When?
0: Was, it was in town uh, uh, for something, and I worked at King TV at the time, an NBC affiliate. He was host. He was the Tonight Show host at the time. And right. So he's just in kind of rubbing shoulders with uh, the affiliates and that kind of stuff. And so he was in town. We got him on that show that I used to do almost live as well.
1: And how did you get tapped to be his chauffeur?
0: I don't know. I don't know. We just would kind of trade off stuff, whoever was available. I think I told you the time that I was – now I have to think about his name. Oh, yes, Ed Begley Jr. Oh, yeah. He was in town Uh uh, doing uh, something for Seafair. And uh, again, King TV was one of the sponsors of Seafair this particular year, so we were down at the the at the uh, you know along the the shore watching the races and stuff like that. And Bagley had made a couple of appearances, and he was on a talk show, and he did radio appearances and that sort of thing. And then at one at some point, somebody said to him, "Hey, you know what? Ed's got to go back to the airport today, and we uh, we don't have anybody to take him back. Could you take him back, Pat?" I said, sure, yeah, I'll take him back to the airport, and I had my kids with me too. So we all we get in my car, and uh, we're, I'm driving Ed to the airport. And, I, and the truth of the matter is, he was in a show at that time called Saint Elsewhere. Okay. Did you- that show
1: <clears throat> i i know of it i don't remember it being one of my favorites but yeah. no. i know i know it was popular but it just wasn't i didn't
0: fun. watch it either you know denzel washington got it start on that show but then i i never watched most shows actually never saw seinfeld yeah
1: what is the matter with
0: where do you, you want to start on that at any rate so i never saw the show saint elsewhere but i knew of it our station carried it of course and so i'm making small talk in the car driving back to the airport and i go hey i just have to tell you uh, ed can i call you ed uh, that that I really love you in saying elsewhere, you just do a great job and you, you're just totally believable and it's just great. And then and so then and that is seems like a nice thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it was a horrible thing to do because then he said, "Oh really? What was your favorite episode?" Oh, <gasps> uh, well, boy, that you know there. So I many,
1: like yeah. <laughs> I,
0: I like them all, and one of my kids is kicking me in the back seat because they know I've never seen this show. But they're not giving me up yet. And uh, anyway, it doesn't take very long for him finally gets really quiet in the car, and he says, "You've never seen St. Elsewhere, have you?" <laughs> no, no, I haven't. I'm sorry. And he was actually kind of amused and touched by that—that that I would try try to make him feel better by praising him about a show that I'd never seen. Mm-hmm. So, I guess the watchword for that is, if you're ever in a similar circumstance either don't go there or make sure you you know what you're talking about. <laughs> Even though your intentions are good, it can backfire on you.
1: Yeah.
0: Hey, um speaking of the New Yorker as I alluded to a little while ago, um the that magazine, if not for any of the articles in it, is always worth picking up to look through for the cartoons. They're the most the greatest cartoons of any magazine consistently mm-hmm. anywhere. And I, I've got coffee table books of New Yorker cartoons and and all that sort of thing. Much admired. Do you, do you ever take a look at those?
1: I see them occasionally. I know of them, but I I don't really I don't buy to, the New Yorker.
0: It's worth to go into the magazine rack and then just looking through them while you're standing there. Yeah. Going through all the cartoons, then you don't have to buy the magazine. Yeah. But the uh, a man who has for 20 years been the editor of the New Yorker cartoons and himself does some of the cartoons, named Bob Mankoff, has just retired from that job. He's like 70 years old, 72, something like that. He's going to go and teach humor at some university, and so he's going to stay active. But he's stepping down as the, the man who basically decides which cartoons make the cut at the New Yorker and which don't. And mm-hmm. you can imagine how many submissions they have to go through. I mean, literally thousands of them. Mm-hmm. pour hmm all the time. And he's, he's the final arbiter of making that decision. Uh, he, he's working on a project now with a guy that uh, some other people that believe that you can use robotics and artificial intelligence to sort of at least, if not make those decisions about which cartoons are funnier, uh, at least winnow them down a little bit. That part kind of bothers me. I don't want a robot or some artificially intelligent machine deciding what's funny mm. or or what's not. But maybe I'm making more of that than it is. But at any rate, as he stepped down, he offered what he thought were some of his personal best cartoons that he created and that he drew. And uh, in no particular order, they show one of them shows a doctor talking to a patient. Sitting in the doctor's office, and the doctor is telling the patient, "Quote, uh, your coverage doesn't seem to include illness." <laughs>
1: so the
0: best cartoons are those that are that seem to be the most true.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: another one has a guy. In fact, this one is so well known uh, as a cartoon that it has been that this the wordage has been replicated on uh, a number of T-shirts and things, including thongs. Uh huh. And it's um, <clears throat> he's on the phone at his office and he's saying, no, Thursday's out. How about never? Is never good for you? <laughs> and then one of his other favorite cartoons is What Lemmings Believe. And it shows a bunch of lemmings running to the edge of a cliff and then the lemmings go straight up into the air and into the sky. <laughs> <laughs> that is what Yeah, yeah, very uh, cute. And then a woman is talking to her husband saying, I'm sorry, dear, I wasn't listening. Could you repeat what you've said since we've been married? (laughs) That one's very relatable to me. Like when I will ask my wife, I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said. Would you say, could you say that again? She says, where do you want me to start? Like about a month ago? (laughs) Another guy saying, I can't promise I'll change, but I can promise that I'll pretend to change. That cartoon's pretty old, but it's still... Mm -hmm still works really well today yeah and then, uh, he said he's kind of embarrassed by this one because it's so stupid but then he finally rationalized that well stupid uh, if people like it then it's maybe it is stupid but it, it's still meritorious because people like it and it shows uh, it shows two doors uh, it, above the doors is a sign that says Hamlet's duplex and one door says the numeral two and B, two B, and then it says not two
1: B. <laughs> very cute. Yeah,
0: cute.
1: Yeah, very cute.
0: In a word, cute.
1: We're talking about
0: uh, things uh, that uh, we'll miss, and one of them—I don't know if you know this—but w- if I have the TV set on, I mean, d- what's your default station when you're not even watching TV, but you have it on and with the sound down?
1: Um, I typically don't, uh, I just at home, I just, I don't have cable. So I just have it on, um, I don't know. I, it depends on the time of day, but if I'm at a hotel, I'm typically, I typically have it on, uh, a news station, CNN, MSNBC. And if I just can't take any more news, I, I just flip it over to TBS. And that or way if, I or can if you watch don't want any
0: more. Or if you don't want any more news, you can turn it over to Fox news.
1: And I do. I, I mean I mean I, I don't know if you want to get but into that discussion, but but yeah. I well I but I still think it's a good idea to have as many news sources as possible. And yeah, I will turn over I, I watch all three of those Fox, MSNBC and CNN, because I think I wanna I want to know, I don't think, I do want to know what are all the angles on this. How, yeah, how I I, people, I agree and how I do are watch. people spinning this and how what are the pendants saying and all of that. So I yeah, think that's very important. Sure, but when well, I can't take the news anymore, I, my go-to station is TBS, simply because they run all the reruns of Friends and Seinfeld, and uh, they have Conan, and so it's just it's it's a it's a comedy station.
0: Samantha B. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I think you've been hearing lately that all of these uh, these shows like Samantha B. and the late-night talk shows, and they they seem to be having a renaissance of sorts mm-hmm. now that Trump has become president. Uh, Letterman was never able, consistently at least, to beat The Tonight Show when Jay Leno was hosting it. Mm -hmm. But Colbert now, now that he's inherited that show, uh, lately has all of a sudden vaulted way out in front of the late-night ratings. Uh, And it is because his mandate, his, his personal goal every night is to just... Go tooth and tong after after our new president, and it's paid off for him. And a lot of these shows, uh, Saturday Night Live's getting its biggest ratings in in years, yeah, based on all of this sort of stuff. So it's a good time for satirists and comedians. Uh, and uh, and it, it there's something sort of satisfying about watching those shows because they they do put into context things uh, that that make you laugh and if there's these things the world seems absurd it sort of makes a certain sort of comedic sense mm-hmm. uh, that other people talk about it so I, I'm kind of applauding the fact that it's been good times for those shows uh, but getting back to what I started with my my default station if I if I have the TV on and I'm doing some work and I'm not paying, paying that much attention I always had it on. this is a cable show, so you wouldn't have it, but it's on um, Turner Classic Movies. Mm -hmm. I just love the old movies, and I've gotten a chance to watch some that I had really never seen before. You're aware of them, but you've never seen them. Like the other night, I watched uh, Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Oiga, senor, we are federales, you know, the mountain police. If you're the police, where are your badges? Badges? We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. Yeah, there was that one, and then I saw another Bogart movie. High Sierra, I think it was. not I've seen Casablanca recently again. And, and so, and the Maltese Falcon. And, and these movies that, yeah, I've heard of them, and I've seen snatches of them, but I've never seen them in their entirety. And it's, it's really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. But the guy that has hosted that network uh, just passed away. Recently, Robert Osborne. I don't know if you're aware of who that is. Mm-mm. He, uh, an older-looking man, gray-haired, and uh, he was like a walking encyclopedia of these old movies, especially the old movie stars, the the you know the the Barbara Stanwicks, the uh, uh, Greta Garbos, and the male stars like Gable and Bogart and Spencer Tracy, and that's he. He he had an encyclopedic memory, and and, uh, he knew their biographies, the movies they'd made, some of the trivia behind the movies, a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, But he just died uh, at the age of 84. What I thought was interesting was that he's from the little town of Colfax over in eastern Washington, where they had a little crummy movie theater. And he invested in a Rose Theater in Port Townsend that is still active and they have a film festival there and everything every year but he first wanted to be an actor and uh... here he is uh... in one of his very few acting performances he got a walk-on part on the beverly hillbillies well i'm afraid mrs drysdale still isn't too happy sir yes i know the gardener's got the grounds in order Uh, yes sir but i'm afraid that's another thing your wife is upset about Oh? Well, you see your gardeners have been working on their lawn all week why, they've mowed it, trimmed it, fed it, clipped it. I don't care. They lather it and shave it. And from that appearance and, uh, and others, Lucille Ball, who became a friend of his, encouraged him to give up acting. <laughs> <laughs> and, and says, why don't you, why don't you write writing instead? Mm-hmm. And so that's what he did and, and had a nice late-life career as the host on Turner Classic Movies, it, man, it is just my go-to station. I love this old stuff. I don't know what that says about me. Well, uh, you know what it says, but <laughs> I know. But I, but I admire the storytelling in these old films. They they moved along in a timely way. Movies that went two hours long were very rare. Your typical old older movie would be seventy minutes or something like that. Right. So they cut all the fat out. They were they had it figured out. 70 80 years ago did i ever tell you the time that i saw katherine hepburn from afar no she she came to our town of bend oregon and she was there to shoot a sequel to true grit the original true grit that uh, john wayne was in (laughs) and uh so this you know whenever there's a hit movie we got to do a sequel. It's just like preordained. Let's let's make sure that happens. Mm-hmm. And this was sort of an ill-advised sequel, but Catherine Hepburn had had a pretty good turn in a movie called *The African Queen* back in the '50s with with Humphrey Bogart.
1: I don't miss. How'd you like it? Like it? White water, rapid. I never dreamed. I don't blame you for being scared, miss, not one little bit. Ain't no person in their right mind ain't scared of white water. I never dreamed that any mere physical experience could be so stimulating. How's that, miss? Mm-hmm.
0: And so they thought we could do a, a kind of a a relationship, something like that, with a curmudgeonly guy, played by John Wayne in this case, and and then Catherine Hepburn, who'd be sort of more of a, an uptight... Uh, sort of rather proper woman, and, and the the mixture of that oil and water would make for a good story. It, it worked in The African Queen. Let's do it for Rooster Cogburn. So that was the premise of the movie. Same character that John Wayne played in True Grit, and he won an Academy Award for it. Yeah. Well, ma'am, this is where our trails part.
1: Maybe they'll cross again, Reuben.
0: Well, that's something I think I'd like to drink to, ma'am.
1: After that vow you took on the river...
0: Well, when a soul needs reviving, thou shalt reach for help. Book and chapter. Rooster Cogburn, eighteen eighty. Uh, the movie was kind of a turkey, but but it did bring both of those stars to the little hamlet of Bend, Oregon, as a kid. And one day, uh, I saw Catherine Hepburn. Somebody pointed out, "There's Catherine Hepburn walking over there," and I thought, "Oh, that's that's kind of cool." My dad had an insurance office. On a street and directly kitty corner to his office was a gift shop. And the gift shop was run by a really grouchy old guy. I mean, he he was just an old puss. And he especially hated kids. (laughs) And if you went into the gift shop, uh, first of all, if you're a kid, he immediately starts staring you down. He doesn't want you in there. Even if your intent might be to buy something. Maybe I'm shopping for Mother's Day or something.
1: Yeah, well, kids are trouble.
0: And uh, and so he put these little placards everywhere. Uh, you, you've seen the kinds, like, uh, lovely to look at, precious to hold. If you break it, consider it sold. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> Warnings to everybody, kids especially. But then it turns out, really anybody mm-hmm. that came in there and was a little careless with, with the merchandise or that he just didn't like, uh, he he do whatever he could to make their time there very brief. Mm-hmm. Catherine Hepburn, my dad said, went into this gift shop one day, and uh, and then uh, he sees Catherine Hepburn go shuffling out of there shortly thereafter. My dad knew the, the guy who ran the gift shop. He goes over and says, I think his name was Fred, Hey, Fred, I uh, just saw a pretty famous person come walking out of your gift shop. He said, Oh, yeah, I had to throw her out god dang what a pain in the ass what are you talking about that that was catherine hepburn i don't know who that is all i know is she kept touching some of the stuff (laughs) and i said to her look lady if you touch any more stuff i'm throwing you out (laughs) and she touched some more stuff so i threw her out wow that was that They weren't impressed with uh, the big uh, Hollywood type, <laughs> not in my little neck of the woods. <laughs> you had one brush with greatness. And I think you were working at a bank, and it was a singer who had one hit. It was a woman named Maria Muldower Remember that?
1: Midnight at the oasis, send your camel to bed. I do. Well, well, but I also had my other brush with Harrison Ford, so I didn't oh, have, yeah. I didn't have one. I didn't have one. I had several. Yeah,
0: but, do you think uh, we should get Harrison Ford to uh, relinquish his pilot's license by now?
1: Yeah, that's kind of scary. That's, yeah. uh That's a little bit scary. People um, don't
0: know. How Almost old is he? he? Well, I, he's got to be in his 70s, doesn't he? Yeah. And I think, you know, 70, or, you know, is I'm getting in that direction myself, I think that's the cutoff point, at uh, which it, after that you have to stay indoors.
1: Yeah, for flying and driving, you think driving,
0: walking, breathing, interacting <laughs> with other human beings. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, Mr. Cashman, just go away now. We can't have you here.
1: I know it's dangerous. My grandmother, when she was getting up there nobody none of us wanted to get in the car with her because she would just take left turns whenever she felt like it yeah. she'd she'd just yeah. she'd just drive wherever she she'd just stop the car in the middle of the street if she needed to look for something in her purse i mean she just we none of us wanted to get in the car with her and yeah. and, and none of us wanted to hurt her feelings well yeah so whenever <laughs> whenever we're at a restaurant or we're somewhere and somebody's we everybody would hustle to try to get into somebody else's car so they wouldn't have to drive with grandma. It was hair raising to drive with grandma.
0: Yeah, I I know. I, I I I you'll tell me if I get to that point, won't you?
1: Um, I never liked driving with you, so I'm I'm already there with you. That's great.
0: So I'm already there. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Well get in line. <laughs> yeah. uh, with my wife and my kids, yeah. You know. <laughs> I I'm just I'm a distractible person is the problem and, and I'm I am thinking about other things when I should be focused on that. Um, I I don't know what else you might have here. I have one more tale I wanted to tell.
1: All right. Uh, I think we've got a couple of minutes left.
0: Okay. So here's the thing. Now, are you familiar with the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue?
1: No. What is that?
0: You know, oh, you know what it is. Come on.
1: No, I just want to hear how you would describe it to someone who does, who. if an alien came here and said, what is this, what is this, how would you describe it to them?
0: Um, Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I would say to the alien that we have on this planet that we call Earth two distinct genders, two different types of human beings. One is rather grotesque. Hairy, often smelly, somewhat uh, annoying, and then the other gender is called a man. Okay, but the truth is uh, that I don't know what I would say because these swimsuit issues, uh, frankly, are in no way really defensible
1: okay that's what I was hoping you would get to because it's a sports magazine yeah. so what the hell yeah
0: ostensibly Sports Illustrated is a sports no, magazine
1: it's not swimsuits are not sports yeah.
0: well my mom would make that argument to my dad and the old man would say yes but you know swimming is a legitimate sport it's an Olympic sport uh, it, it just is and then my mom would say yeah you know I've seen the Olympics On TV, I've seen the women's swimming competition, and I don't see the women wearing bikinis much. That was my dad's original tactic, and then that didn't work so well as the years went by. So then he changed it, and he would say, you know, you're right. Sports (laughs) Illustrated is a disgusting Mm -hmm. magazine. That swimsuit issue is insulting. It objectifies women, and and it's not right. (laughs) However, I would also say that just because I don't like Cruelers, for example doesn't mean i don't like everything available (laughs) at the winchell's donut shop down the street
1: (laughs) that is the lamest ever
0: yeah it is pretty lame yeah that's the lamest ever but he would say why should my love of sports go by the boards just because of this one outlier issue that comes out once a year yeah that's but as a subscriber, you can opt out of that one particular issue.
1: Oh, you can. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah,
0: you can. They send you a little form, and you say, hey, if you would not like not to receive the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, but still receive everything else, just let us know. Fill out this form, and you won't get hey, the issue. I
1: don't know if you heard this, and I'll let you get on with your story in a minute. Okay. Um, I can't wait. But uh, did you know that Playboy brought back the nude, m- nude boobies back?
0: Yeah, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, they
1: said, they said, what, what were we thinking when we decided that we weren't going to put naked girls in the magazine? And then <laughs> just, uh, I guess it's been, it's just recently, like last month or so, they said, yeah,
0: yeah, right. It, it's like National Geographic deciding to say, we're not going to put any more pictures of land. Features or animals in our <laughs> no, magazine.
1: not. That is nothing like it. Well, That's in, nothing like it you know, at all. Well,
0: in these new times, I'm sure Playboy wanted to appear enlightened, and so they dropped the yes, the, exactly. the nude photos. And so I imagine that uh, you know subscriptions took a nosedive. Wait after a minute. That.
1: You always told me it was about the articles. Well,
0: more specifically, it's about the missing articles. Yeah, right. Of clothing.
1: And it. And apparently they they decided to believe everybody and go ahead and just hope the magazine was going to sell based on everybody reading it just for the articles.
0: Now I wish they'd just dropped the articles.
1: <laughs> so they're back. So I'm. Yep. I, it's very interesting to me. I wonder how that magazine's going to do. I I guess the argument in the beginning was... Um, or, or the justification in the beginning was that you can see free boobies online anytime you want. Right. Why, why would people, right. now that the internet's here, you, you, I mean, you can get it anywhere. And why should they buy our magazine? But um, it'll be interesting to see how, how the magazine does now.
0: So let me get on with my story and we'll get it over with. My dad passed away many years ago, and I, for all intents and purposes, inherited his Sports Illustrated subscription. And uh and, and that meant getting the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit issue every year. And I remember through college and stuff, my friends and I had, we'd get excited, Oh, here comes the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit issue. I'm sorry, but that that we we kinda looked forward to it. So we would we would look at it every year and it kind of became a, a tradition, uh one that I'm embarrassed about now, but that's how it was. So fast forward not many years from those days to uh, a time when I won a trip to Mexico. My wife and I won a trip to Baja, Mexico. And we got airfare and, and this fabulous place to stay and all of that. So we go to Mexico, and the things that people tell you when you go, don't drink the water, don't eat food off the street, and, uh, and, and wear a lot of sunscreen. So I quickly forgot all of those things. Had like a seventh degree sunburn and was feeling kind of queasy in the stomach, too. Oh, my God. Then one day, we're about three days into our trip, and I see a van pull up, and a bunch of photographers climb out of it. I come to find out they are Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue photographers. They are there for a swimsuit shoot. And then uh, a little while later, I see another car pull up, and a bunch of supermodel swimsuit uh, women climb out of the car, and I think, oh my gosh. Oh my God. Oh, my my friends back in college could see me now. Next day, uh, I, I get word that they're going to do a shoot right out on the beach, right in front of uh, the place where we're staying. So I waddle my way down to the beach.
1: Are you sure you weren't my just My wife is not that. too
0: happy about it. I said, no, I'm just going down because I want to catch some sun. She said, well, you've got a terrible sunburn. I said, yeah, well, okay, well, then I'm maybe not going to catch any sun. I'm gonna go down to the beach to not get any sun. (laughs) So I go down there and I plant myself and it is if I planned it. I look to my right and coming down the beach are a bunch of photographers and behind them wearing cover-ups are two or three of these presumed swimsuit models. (laughs) They're going to do the shoot as it turns out right in front of where I'm sitting on the beach. I could not believe my good fortune. This is the greatest thing that could possibly wow. happen. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm waiting and they set up their camera and it's right in front of me. I may be 10 to 15 feet away. An unbelievable stroke of good luck. And then I feel something in my uh, lower regions around the stomach area making a noise like, whoa, and I knew what was coming. And it was coming fast. It was coming like a freight train. I had to leap to my feet, (laughs) uh, shuffle my way across the sand to the nearest baños that I could find. Oh. And I went in there for a period of time. And uh, after that, I went straight up to our room where I continued to be in the, uh, shall we say, the lavatory (laughs) facility for most of the rest of the week. (laughs) Uh, in fact, my wife heard me talking to myself in there one day as I was turning to the toilet itself saying, hello, my old friend. Oh, and months thing. later, when the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue arrived at our house, it brought back memories. But not of swimsuits. <laughs> You'd be surprised yeah. how little sympathy I got from my wife.
1: I guess you're right. Op- opportunity only does knock just once.
0: Yes, but dysentery comes often. Oh,
1: Mexico, it sounds so simple.